Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are recapping what we saw and heard at Brown's OTAs on Wednesday. They had their first open practice for us. They've had a practice already, and of course they had rookie minicamp earlier in May, but they had their first open practice on Wednesday. So we got to see some of the guys that showed up and reported and get a look at them. So we kind of look back at what we saw at practice and what we heard in the press conferences. Now, if you want to be a Football Insider subscriber, which I mentioned in this show, you got to go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. You get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. You get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox with exclusive content. I wrote today's about Kevin Stefanski. And you can be part of our texting subscription service with the text updates throughout the day, including in the practice field like we did on Wednesday. Okay, anyway, here is our Browns OTAs recap podcast. And here we go. We finally got to see a Browns practice, something outside of just the rookies. About 55 players in attendance at Browns OTAs on Wednesday, mostly the, the key players on the defensive side of the ball. So we're going to throw out some takeaways here. Quick little recap of what we saw at OTAs. Mary Kay, give us our first takeaway from today. You know, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing was the fact that Miles Garrett showed up and Denzel Ward showed up. These are your two biggest named defenders. And they came to a workout, a week of workouts, OTAs, voluntary, that they don't need to be at. They don't have to be here. They could be wherever they want to be working out. But they came, they showed up, and they did it for uh, the reason of galvanizing this defense, for welcoming in those new guys, and for getting this defense that is basically completely overhauled uh, off on the right foot. Just that whole concept of of leadership is really what stood out to me today. Not just those two guys, but even a guy like Anthony Walker. As I was listening to him talk and doing some some takeaways, just the way he talked about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and and what he's going to need to do to acclimate to the NFL, all those little nuances of things that you have to learn uh, when you're making that jump from college to the NFL, he's going to be there for JOK to help him with that. And I feel like this team now has sort of a, a hierarchy. They've got that veteran leadership now, like really good, strong, solid, vocal leaders. Miles has become a very vocal leader. Denzel has never been uh, necessarily a vocal leader, but I think he's stepping up. 
and taking younger guys under his wing. Then you've got, as I mentioned, Anthony Walker, who will be doing this in the linebacker room. Uh, so what I'm seeing is just unbelievable leadership on this defense. And I think they are going to come together very, very quickly because of it. Yeah, it was noticeable that like every level of the defense kind of had that guy who was either the veteran or just had been here, you know, um, even at safety, you know, you had Ronnie Harrison, who I think we all think of him as maybe the third guy <laughs> on that ladder at safety, but, uh, and Grant Delpit was, was out there kind of doing some of the walk through very, very, very walk, walkie through <laughs> and not really <laughs> drills for him. Uh, he was, he wasn't even wearing a helmet, but, but, you know, you had Harrison and he had Ward corner, which I'm sure Greg Newsom was, uh, was thrilled about uh, having him there uh, just kind of be around a guy who's, you know, excelled at the same position like that. And then, like you said, Miles and, and Anthony Walker, they all kind of uh, had that guy. The defense, you know, obviously had more people than the offense. So just, I think Joe Woods probably looked around and thought, well, this is, this is at least something, you know, it's not like the offense where you got one, one quarterback over there who probably not making the final roster throwing passes all day. You, you actually had something to work with. And so that was good to see. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that Miles did report. You know, he put up that Instagram post on Sunday or whatever day it was and, you know, and kind of announced he was coming. And, and I thought it was interesting that he, of all people, did report. Because if anybody could skip OTAs on that defensive side of the ball, it's Miles Garrett. But it does speak, I think, to his leadership that we've seen grow going back to last year. And I think today, another example of it, too, you know, he's gotten really interesting when he talks to us. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean a ton but you know I, I know his you know early in his career I, I don't know I don't think he loves doing media necessarily and, and it kind of showed but I you know I thought today he was very honest he says what he wants to say he, he talked about the COVID stuff which I thought was interesting he, he kind of admitted he was about 50 percent last year you know I think in all facets Miles has sort of embraced that leadership role it really kind of happened after he got reinstated and, and I know Mary Kay, you've written a ton about this and, and you talked to him, but uh, yeah, I, I think for, for miles, seeing him report to OTAs as, as tiresome as, as sometimes taking attendance at OTAs can get, I, I do think it, there is some significance to the fact that he was there and, and it shows the kind of leader he's become. Yeah. And it's not just a statement. Uh, when we talked to him, he talked about, you know, with all these guys uh, that have come in and there have been so many of them, whatever, 14 new guys, 15, 16, I, I've lost count right now. Uh, but there are so many new guys. And he said, uh, you know, I have to make sure they fall in line. We have a standard here that we are going to live up to. And that was a pretty strong statement that he made uh, when, when he said that. Uh, but he means it. He knows where they're trying to go this year. And he is the undisputed leader of the defense in the same way that Baker Mayfield is the undisputed leader of the offense. But we did start to see that transformation in Miles after he was reinstated last year. He came back a different person. He came back more committed to his teammates, more engaged, more vocal. And he's really picked up where he left off last year. Uh, he, he has, again, a much stronger even social media presence as you guys have noticed, and everyone else has too. Uh, he's really kind of putting himself out there that way. It's like he's seizing the moment, but in such a good way too for the Browns because uh, he understands that it's kind of up to him, that he's going to have to kind of put this defense on his back and carry it to, to where they need to go, which of course 
is to a Super Bowl. That's what they're trying to achieve this year. And the time can be now. Uh, and he's taking it very seriously. And that's why he's here. And they're not doing this in defiance of J.C. Treader. What this team did was they all worked through it. They all talked it through. And they came to the conclusion that the offense could stick together and kind of back up J.C. Treader and support him in his efforts to keep players safe and healthy and skipping voluntary in-person workouts, whereas the defense needed to come together, get together, get to know each other, figure out their chemistry, their timing, and get rolling on all of that. They've got the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are practicing together. You know, the defense, they have to be ready for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on September 12th. So they're not doing it in spite of J.C., this is something that this football team, they all worked through it as a group. I mean, maybe Miles just ran out of things to go viral with video-wise. You know, he, he did all the workouts, did all the pickup basketball, which I guess he's done with now. And uh, now he has to actually go on a football field and make those videos. I do wonder if sometimes some of these guys just get bored being wherever yeah. they are. <laughs> you know, like like Ronnie Harrison has been posting that, that he's in Cleveland since like two weeks ago. And I just, every now and again, I just wonder if these guys are sitting around like, you know what, I've got nothing better to do. I might as well go and, and work out at, at the team facility. Well, there starts to be that, you know, that brotherhood, that camaraderie. And I'm really sensing that on this football team. It, it is a great bunch of guys. I mean, these are a lot of the guys on this football team, almost most of the guys on this football team, anybody would want to have over on, you know, on Saturday evening, in, you know, in your backyard for, for dinner or whatever cornhole, whatever, uh, you know, it's just a really good bunch of guys and they're starting to become very close to each other. Even, even though the, the defensive guys are so new, just via zoom and just reaching out to each other, Anthony Walker to Greg Newsom, both Northwestern guys. I mean, they've already kind of laid the foundation for just that camaraderie that they're going to need to get them through this very long season where the expectations are so high. Okay, Scott, give us takeaway number two. Yeah, I'm going to go with Demetri Felton. When we all got there, I think one of the first things everybody noticed is that he's overworking out with the wide receivers today. And although he had that background at UCLA, Kevin Stavansky mentioned he's going to start with the running backs, and he considered him a running back, but he's been going to different meetings and really taking advantage of his versatility. And we started to see that today on the field. I think they only had two other receivers there, right? They had Jamarcus Bradley and Alexander Hollins. And mm -hmm. I think those guys have like maybe 10 career catches, less than 10 catches between them. So he wasn't out there with like, you know, Odell and Jarvis, obviously. But when you watched him run routes, there was a noticeable difference between him and the other guys who were actual receivers. I mean, he just, just the quickness and how fluid he was moving. And he, he just, you, you watched him and you thought, okay, it made sense that he, focused on being a receiver at the senior bowl. He made a nice catch when they were doing, uh, you know, full team drills. And again, it was kind of, it wasn't full speed, but just seeing him as a receiver and seeing him run through those drills, you can, it, you understand, all right. Yeah. This guy could be a matchup problem. That's why they drafted him. You're going to see him trying to catch passes, at least in the preseason. We don't know what role he's going to end up having once the regular season begins, but those preseason games, you're going to see him being used and spread out and, I, uh, one of the things that watching him made me think of is I think it was two years ago when Kareem Hunt finally uh, showed up and came back from the injury uh, at camp. And 
they had the one-on-one -on -one drills against linebackers and safeties, you know, those receiving drills and cream, nobody could keep up with him. You know, it was just one great move and just, he was wide open the whole time. And I just think Felton has the ability to kind of have that kind of drill when, when they're doing that, once everybody gets here, whether it's mini camp or training camp or whatever, he's going to be that kind of matchup nightmare for whoever they're putting across from him. So uh, he's going to be fun to watch. And today I think was just a little, a little taste of, of what he can do. Yeah. And, and watching him today, it seemed to me that he's going to be ready for at least some package of plays this season. And I think he should be because when you have a player like that, also, you know, like a Kareem Hunt, but different, uh, that can run the ball and catch the ball and be uh, so versatile like that. And also create that confusion on the part of the defense about what you, what are you guys doing on this play? I think that's so vitally important. And that's a big, huge part of what Kevin Stefanski likes to do. He likes to just create that ambiguity of, of what they're doing. So he brings that. And like you said, he, he had, I don't know who he reminds me of. It was almost like, I don't know, <laughs> almost Eric Metcalfie or something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he, he, right. I mean, he just had, you know, Energy. that, right. And he had, he looked like he has the potential to be, you know, to grow into being a dynamic playmaker. And I think uh, that they will try to find a way to get him on the field. I've said in a, one of the Hayes, Hey, Hey, Mary and Kays over the weekend or something that I did that I, I want to see a formation that includes Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt and Demetric Felton on the field all at the same time. Because uh, if you really want to confuse the defense, get Kareem and Demetric in some, some kind of motion and you could really have a lot of fun with that. So there's so much that you can do with this offense. And I think they'll find some things for him to do. The, the thing that I thought of was a certain podcast that hit my feed on Monday. Maybe it was Tuesday that asked the question, is Demetric Felton the Browns new Duke Johnson? Something like that. Uh -huh. And I, I had some flashbacks to that. That was, was of course, got to watch the tape on, on Tuesday. I had some flashbacks to when Duke would kind of show up to practice and he'd do individual work with the running backs. Now, Demetric started off with the wide receivers today and then he'd wander over and he'd work with the wide receivers for a little while. Uh, so I had some flashbacks to that. I, I, what I really like today from Felton, and it's so limited what we can see. I mean, we're seeing one practice out of three this week. You know, we, we saw him once at rookie mini camp and he was overworking with the running backs that whole time. He had some drops early in practice. He put like three on the ground during individual drills. And you're thinking, oh boy, th this isn't great. And then Scott, you mentioned it. He, he went over when they did the, the team stuff, even though there was no, you know, no contact, it wasn't full speed. He started catching the football and you saw a little bit of that sizzle all of a sudden. I, I know there was one catch on the sideline that he made. Maybe it was one you were talking about where you know he caught the ball and yeah. broke it, broke it up the sideline. It was like, Again, he had those maybe three drops during individual, but he had probably three really nice catches during the team period. So I think that's more the guy that he is. It was just sort of a weird outlier of a start to his practice. And, and judging by some of the coaches' reactions, it, it, I think that kind of confirms it too, that it's been a little out of character for him. So I, I like that. I like to see a guy kind of rally like that. And, you know, even though it's just OTAs, it's good to see him kind of put that, that kind of practice together. I heard one of the coaches say, you guys probably heard it too, when he dropped one of those, I heard one of the coaches say, you haven't done that in, in the whole time you've been here or something like that. <laughs> so even though, yeah, yeah, that was kind of cool to, I think they wanted even us to know that this is not <laughs> what he does. 
And we, we think about how can this offense change or get better or evolve and, you know, throwing to the running backs is one of the, it seems like an obvious way because they really didn't do that a lot last season. They were near the bottom of the league in targets for running backs. And most of that was Kareem Hunt. They kind of ramped up their screen game over the second half of the season. But again, they were, they did not do it even at, you know, at average level uh, for the rest of the NFL. So those are ways that you can kind of envision Felton being a part of this and, and, and maybe Kareem Hunt is even more a part of it this year. Maybe Nick Chubb becomes a bigger part in the screen game, but you know, maybe the, bringing in someone like Felton is kind of a, a sign that, that that might be a direction they could go. And the other thing too, I think with this rookie class, unless your name is Greg Newsom or Jeremiah Wusukoromo, it just speaks to like each of these guys should be able to find some sort of like niche this year, you know, whatever their long-term outlook is, they're going to be able to find like Anthony Schwartz is probably going to have a package of plays where he's going to be out there and use that speed. Demetric Felton, same deal. Tommy Togiai on the other side, you know, there's going to be opportunities for these guys in, in little, little spaces to, to kind of make plays. They aren't going to have the pressure to necessarily be the guy this year. Okay. My takeaway I'm going to talk about linebackers. We love to talk about linebackers here on this podcast, but it did kind of strike me today that there's a really interesting numbers game playing out at the linebacker position. And it's way too early to project any 53 man rosters, even though we're never shy to do that. (laughs) So Anthony Walker, I feel like, and, and I wrote this in my observations. I feel like he's kind of the hub of that linebacking core, right? He was brought in. He's, Likely going to end up as the Mike, unless somebody, I suppose he could get beaten out. There's a world where he could get beaten out, but it seems like he's going to end up as the Mike and kind of be in that BJ Goodson role from a year ago. Maybe wear the green sticker. We'll see. Maybe it's John Johnson. And then after that, I'm kind of trying to see where everybody fits. So like Jacob Phillips today, and again, not everyone was there, but Jacob Phillips was playing some Mike today. I think he's a guy that's really intriguing across all three of those positions. We know about Owusu Kormo, how versatile he is. We haven't seen Tony Fields yet because he's dealing with a knee injury. Malcolm Smith was not there. I mean, I start listing these names and I'm just wondering like how it all kind of fits together. And it just struck me today that there's kind of a lot of guys there that they've got to sort through and figure out how they want to fit them. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I think ultimately uh, they will end up being in, you know, they're going to end up being in sub defenses a ton. And when they're in those sub defenses, largely they will have two linebackers on the field. And I just get the feeling that most of the time that's going to be Anthony Walker and JOK. JOK is, you know, working at weak side, Tony Fields, when he gets back from, he, he had a left boot on today uh, for his foot injury. He'll be back for training camp. When he comes back, he'll also be at weak side. Some of the other guys, as you mentioned, will shift around to different positions. I mean, like you said, Anthony Walker will replace B.J. Goodson at Mike. And then when Sione Takitaki comes back, I think he's got a, a really good chance of being the front runner on the strong side when they're in base. They have some flexibility. I just, I just have a feeling that it's going to be Anthony and J.O.K. a whole bunch when it comes to two linebackers. Yeah, I could see that that pairing, but I do think that that very first preseason game, I'm kind of expecting to see Anthony Walker, Malcolm Smith, and and like Taki Taki. That's probably the trio they would roll out there, just based on how they they ended last season. 
But I think today I saw a lot of, you know, Phillips and Wilson out there with Walker too. But it is it was, you did notice that the linebacking group did have a lot of the key guys there, um, similar to, I think, defensive tackle uh, in that respect. But yeah, I mean, that that competition is is started. And I think everybody wants to have their best foot forward. And especially if you're someone like Mac Wilson, uh, who seems to be at a spot where there's, you know, you got Malcolm Smith and Cora Moore, uh, they were able to do the kinds of things that Wilson was drafted to do. So, yeah, that's something that I think we're going to be watching all the time. It's how are they being used? How, how many are on the field at the same time? There was a lot of three, three linebacker looks, and I think it was similar to that. It was similar last season, and I think that has to do with the fact that they're practicing against the Browns offense, uh, which is going to have, you know, uh, big looks out there. So that was a little different, but it's a group that I think is going to keep shaping. And I'm predicting that's going to be, that's going to be the wide receiver stories that we wrote over the last couple of years. You know, who's, who's going to make the bottom of that wide receiver depth chart that dominated <laughs> so many of our podcasts years ago. Now we're going to be talking, who's going to make the bottom of that linebacker depth chart. Scott, let me ask you this. What was your first impression of, of JOK when you first saw him really like from a size standpoint? He, he wasn't as small as maybe I expected. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get a good look at the right angle. Definitely quick. And when they were doing drills where they're changing direction and destroying that tackling dummy, he definitely stood out. He just has that burst. Yeah, I think other than that, I mean, he didn't look too much. Maybe, maybe it was just different during uh, during rookie camp. Were they wearing the same? They were wearing shells, mm-hmm. right, during rookie camp? So. Um, I don't yeah. know. He didn't he looked like a linebacker. I didn't come away thinking, man, he's small. You know who I thought was small is Jojo Natson, who was standing off to the side <laughs> for wide receiver drills and did not have any yeah. padding on. I thought, wow, that dude's small. He's fast, which, you know, makes up for it. But that's a small guy for a football player. Yeah, there are some small guys on this team. I mean, they're just, you know, at, at various positions, they're willing to take a chance on smaller, faster guys. Jojo's one of them. I still think JOK, when I first saw him, he looked small to me for a linebacker, but now I'm used to it. Now my eye has adjusted to it and he didn't look that way to me today. How about you, Dan? You know, I didn't really get a great look at him up close, to be honest. I saw him a little bit when they went over into the team stuff. I didn't get as good a look at him as I did in rookie camp. I mean, in Scott's case, he probably heard about how small he looked for like weeks <laughs> and weeks and then he showed but Tony up. Fields looked bigger than like I. 220 pounds. Fields yeah. looked bigger than I was expecting. The, the Browns don't have any huge linebackers anyways. Right. I mean, Phillips is tall, but Mac Wilson is not overly big and uh, neither is Walker. So, you know, he fits. It's the trend. They're all getting yeah. kind of smaller anyways. I think I'm most intrigued right now by what Phillips' role is going to be in all of this. Just because we talk about the other guys so much, but I'm really curious to see what he's going to be. My uh, my 21 questions today, and we're going to be getting into some of these in, in some later pods, but my 21 questions today was, I, I kind of ranked which second-year players would have the biggest impact, and I put him third, that he has the potential to maybe make that big of an impact of all, all the second-year guys. And a lot of that depends on where he ends up. And again, I don't think they're afraid to throw him at, at Mike Linebacker. I think he might be the guy that's second in line there when all is said and done. And then, you know, that athleticism, Mary Kay, you talk about the run stopping. He graded out okay as a tackler last year on, on PFF. There were some bad games, but there were also some, some decent grades too. I, I think he's got 
he's got that ability at 230 some pounds to, to be a little bit of a thumper for, for this linebacking core. And they, they kind of need that a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, they've got sort of a hodgepodge of guys that can do some different things. And so depending on the matchup, I mean, if you need a bigger guy, they've got a bigger guy to throw in there against, uh, you know, a, a bigger running back or a better running game. Uh, so I think that it could, it could really change from week to week, depending on the matchups. Yeah. Whoever ends up getting the, you know, the quote unquote starting roles at linebacker, there's still going to be a large number of guys getting significant snaps. I think it's just the way this group is built. Felt the same way about defensive tackle. There were a lot of defensive tackles there today. So that's yeah. going to be another good battle to watch. Okay. That'll do it for our OTA wrap edition here of the Orange Brown talk podcast on a Thursday. Uh, we'll be back. Like I said, we're going to get into some 21 question stuff. If you haven't been following along, all that stuff is on cleveland.com slash Browns. And if you need to be a football insider to read it, click on that blue banner on the top of the page and get information and get signed up. So for Scott and Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening, everybody. 